Peter chapter 2. I know you're going to think this is Christmas when I preach it, but I promise you God's got something for us tonight. Matthew chapter number 2, I want you to look with me at a familiar story. As a matter of fact, it's a story that's often preached around the Christmas season. But I, I'm going to go ahead and preach it around Thanksgiving and uh, because it's got so much truth in it. And I was praying this afternoon about the will of God for tonight. And uh, God really settled me on this right before church tonight as I was over praying and trying to find the mind of God about the services tonight. Uh, in Matthew chapter 2, I'm not going to ask you to stand. Just have your Bibles open with me tonight, if you will. And I want to read just 12 verses of Scripture, and then we'll preach on this subject tonight, leaving a different way. Verse 1 says, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, notice they didn't come to the manger. I want to say that because I, I think that these Christmas cards mean well, but they're wrong. The wise men didn't show up at the manger. They came to the house. The Bible says, and that's really not the message, but just thought I'd throw that in for extra credit. Are y'all with me? As a matter of fact, when the wise men showed up at the house, Jesus was probably around two years old. He wasn't a little baby just being born in a stable. Now, I know they mean well when they do it, and I know that Christmas plays mean well when they do it, but uh, it was the shepherds that came to the manger. It was the wise men that came to the house. Just a thought. Look at this. The Bible said here in verse number 11, and when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, notice this phrase, they departed into their own country another way. I want to preach tonight on that last thought, that last phrase in that last verse I read to you. Leaving a different way. You know, the truth of the matter is God wants you to leave this building different than when you came. 
He don't want anybody to walk in here, listen to the preaching of his word, listen to the singing, and walk out of here the same. He wants you to walk out of here knowing that things are different. And I pray God will do that in your heart tonight as we try to preach his word. Father, I am so grateful that I have the privilege to preach. We have the privilege to praise, and we've had the privilege to sing. Now, God, I pray as a preacher of the gospel, you'll do through me what I cannot do on my own and make any kind of difference. Oh, God, yeah, I can speak. Oh, yes, I can give an outline. Oh, yes, I can I can even have a little bit of an oratory ability. But, God, unless it's energized by the Holy Ghost, it won't make a difference. It'll just be a story. It'll just be another sermon. It'll just be another 45 minutes in church. But, God, that's not what we desire. Oh, God, I didn't come this far. I didn't travel down to Florida this far from my home, God, just to be mediocre and just get by. Lord, I came because I want to see the breath of God in the churches across America. And I want to feel your presence here tonight, God, as I preach. And Lord, I abandon all of my self-willed agendas. Oh, God, I abandon anything that I have tried to work up in my mind that would operate me according to the flesh. And, God, I yield myself unto you as an instrument of righteousness tonight, praying that the devil has no authority and that the Holy Ghost will breathe on me and through me tonight and will thank you and praise you. And all God's children said, amen. I heard about two little boys, they went to church, they were kind of the terrors of the church, you probably have seen some around here, probably my boys are the ones you're thinking about when I say this, and uh, there was a woman that brought these two boys to church, and her husband was a truck driver, he couldn't come that often, and she was so at her wit's end, because them boys would drive her up the wall, and so one, one day she came to church and she saw the pastor in the hallway and she was uh, frazzled and razzled and she had uh, done all she could to get those boys to church. And, and the pastor said, ma'am, are you okay? She said, I, I, preacher, I really need your help. Said, you know, my husband's a truck driver and my boys are terrors and I can't hardly control them. Preacher, will you at least talk to my boys and see if you can get them under control where we can at least enjoy the services today? He said, well, I'll do my best. So he brought those little boys down the hallway and he said, one of them outside, sit him outside on a chair and took the other little boy inside and, and sit him down at his office, closed the door, got the other boy on the outside there. He looked across that desk and he said, I'm going to establish authority in his mind. He said, he looked at that little boy and he pointed his finger and he said, boy, I got one question to ask you. Where is God? That little boy looked at him and he said, I told you, son, answer me, where is God? And about that time, that boy jumped up, ran out the door, grabbed his brother and is making a beeline for the exit trying to get to the parking lot. His brother saying, man, what in the world is wrong? And his brother's huffing, dragging him down the uh, down the hallway. He said, listen, uh, listen, that, that preacher says God's missing and, and they think we took him and hit him somewhere, amen. You're talking about leaving church different than when they came. Can I just tell you that that's the way church ought to be? Every time you meet, it ought not to be ordinary or mundane. It ought not to be just service as usual. It ought to be let's expect God to do something that, that, is, that can't be written on paper, that nobody can take credit for, that that book has changed something about my thinking, changed something about my affections, changed about my actions, and this thing is going to make me leave different than when I came. Can I give you a problem? 
opposition tonight. I believe that these wise men represent this reality. They came one way and left another. They came in one direction and left another way. And I want to give you this proposition. I believe every person here tonight can experience change. I mean leaving different than when you came by looking at three factors that produced a different direction in these men's lives. Number one, let me give you these three factors. You want to hear them tonight? Say amen. Listen, I'm full of beef stew and rice, so I got plenty of preaching in me tonight. Say amen. I believe that's some of the best beef stew I've ever eaten. I don't know what kind of seasoning she put on it, but I sure would like to get the recipe. Amen. My boy was out there today washing the tent, and my boy said, Daddy, I keep smelling teriyaki or something. It smelled like a Japanese restaurant somewhere. I said, that lady is cooking over there in that kitchen. He said, man, I can't wait till supper. Amen. I believe factor number one, if you're going to leave a different way, number one, here's the first factor. You will leave a different way when you're looking for a light to guide you. When you're looking for a light to guide you. Now, what do you mean, preacher? I mean, you will leave different when you come to church anticipating a light to guide you. These particular boys in the story are called magi or wise men. Let's stop for a minute and examine these guys. I did a little bit of research on these guys and, and, and you know, Josephus and the secular historians, they always give you added information that sometimes people like, sometimes people don't. I found out that Josephus said these boys, these three kings or these three wise men or magi were actually what they would call astronomers or astrologers. They worshiped the stars. I mean, these guys were probably very astute. They were probably very smart. They probably were wealthy. And often you've heard the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are, and, and, and they'll, they'll show three kings there. But, but I believe there was probably three men, but it was probably not just an entourage of three. There was probably somewhere around 50 to 100 going with them in a caravan. But these three guys, uh, Josephus said one of them was named Casper, another one was Belthazar, and another one was Melchior. Uh, they said that, that Casper was probably young and beardless, ruddy in countenance, and he's probably the one that brought the frankincense. They said Belthazar was probably uh, dark, complected, and brought the myrrh, and Melchior was an older gray-haired man with a long beard that brought the gold. Don't know if that was true about these men or not. We don't have that in Scripture as our authority, but here's what I found. They were just people like you and me. I mean, they just got up every day. They, they got dressed like you do. They got dressed like I do. They might have put on a skirt in those days and we put on britches, but regardless, they were human beings with a heart beating in their chest. And somewhere back in ancient Babylon is where they came from, from the east. They got to inquiring about this Jesus that they had heard so much about. You say, how did they hear about him? Well, I believe they heard about him several ways. You see, they were, they were from a region called ancient Babylon. And you know as well as I do that Daniel had been in captivity in Babylon and had wrote about the prophecies of our Lord on holy writ. And you know they had heard about God through some testimony of Daniel. Do you know that the book of Ezekiel was written while they were in Babylonian captivity and some of the Psalms were written. And so these guys had some kind of light. There was some kind of testimony. 
There was something there that drew them to start searching for this Messiah that was to be born. As a matter of fact, I don't know that they didn't stumble up on Numbers 24 that said this, there shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. I don't know, but they were studying the stars and maybe went to the Holy Scriptures that had been recorded on writ. Maybe they bumped into somebody there in town that said, hey, I know the the Scriptures talk about a star and there'll come a star out of Jacob and Israel will follow that star. I don't know what the case might have been, but these guys were inquiring. These guys were looking for a light. As a matter of fact, the Bible says they came watching the star. When they got to where the star led them, the Bible said that Herod questioned them. Remember the story there? And then whenever they left Herod, the star began to lead them back to Bethlehem. Hey, I just want to stop and give you something real simple. It's not deep, not profound, nothing to write home for, uh, but I'll just say this. Hey, ain't that the way it is with every one of us in here somewhere in your life? God illumined some kind of light to you, and you said, I'm interested in knowing more about that light. It might have been through a preacher. It might have been through a soul winner. It might have been through a song. It might have been through a co-worker. It might have been through a grandma that just gently shared Jesus by her lifestyle. But the truth of the matter is, hey, if you want to leave different than when you came, you come looking for a light to guide you. I ain't talking about guiding light because guiding light as the world's turn won't do nothing but lead you backwards. But if you're looking for his light, if you're looking for the light of the lamb, if you're looking for the light of the world, if you're looking for him that can turn it on in your soul, then he'll guide you to the right place. Can I get a witness? Say amen. Woo! Hallelujah for rice and beef stew. Give God some glory tonight for that. Say amen. (laughs) I'm thinking about that plate. I asked him to fix me after church right now. You know, some people come to church, number one, out of obligation. Some people show up just because it's the thing they got to do. I mean, you join the church. After all, if you don't show up, they'll start checking on you. Or you teach a Sunday school class and you got to. Have you ever just got up one morning and said, you know what, I really don't want to go, but if I don't go, somebody's going to be calling my house. You know, some people do come looking for the light out of obligation. Some people come looking for the light out of observation. They're just wanting to see what's going on. I mean, you know, they heard there were changes and they heard this was going on, heard that was going on. And there's some people come looking for the light out of illumination because God's turned the light on and they're trying to find out why that light's burning so bright over there and why that light's stirring their soul the way it is. Hey, can I just stop and give you a good word? Thank God for whatever reason these men came and traveled. Listen, they traveled through deserts. They crossed mountains. They forded rivers. They faced bandits. They endured hardships because they were looking for a light to guide them. Hey, you know what? When you're lost, you'll do things searching for the truth that you never would have done had you not seen a light, a little glimmer. That old song that Hank Williams Jr. sang, I saw the light, I saw the light. No more in darkness, no more in night. The truth of the matter is, every one of you here tonight can rejoice that night, that day, that evening, that morning that you saw a light and you responded to it and you follow that light and you found truth. Can I get a witness? Say amen. Give God some glory right there. I've only got three points. I'm headed to number two, so I'm going fast. Y'all with me? Say amen. Factor number one, you'll leave different than when you came. 
when you're looking for a light to guide you. But number two, you'll leave different than when you came when you're longing for a power greater than you. Listen to me. God wants you to long for something that's greater than you. That's why you're here. You know something? Y'all got to singing them songs Sunday morning in here and Sunday night. And I, I just love it. I wish y'all sing some more before I leave. Let these praise teams sing, man. I just, I told you preacher the other day, you know, I just love it when I can rear back and give God direct praise, not indirect, but direct praise from my lips. And, and I just, it's refreshing. Are you with me? Say amen. But you know why I come to the house of God? Not because I'm the evangelist and I got to, though that's part of it. But I come to the house of God, even if I wasn't preaching, I'm gonna find somewhere to go worship. Why? Because I'm longing for something that's greater than me and I want to worship it, worship him. I wanna give full adoration and accolade and applause to the one who's worthy of all glory. He's worthy of all praise. He's worthy of all applause. He is the king of all kings and, the, and I want something greater than I possess in me. I want him. You with me? Amen. That's a hunger and thirst. And you know what? These old boys wanted something greater than they possessed. I got to looking at this. Let's get in the story. You want to get it real quick? Let's take a, let's get on the caravan with the three men, whoever they were, whatever their names were, with their caravan and their entourage headed down to find Jesus. The Bible says that they went down to a little place in that day. The Bible said that Jesus had been born in Bethlehem in verse 1. In the days of Herod the king. Can I stop and 